0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Hour with Sana for Power 3 Season 2, Episode 2. I know that this episode is coming kind of late after Stephanie released her Power Hour, but I thought it was really important for me not to release it until it was right. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting here at Milk and Lily headquarters recording this episode. I have a candle going and I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. So I just turned 30, which can be either very exciting or very terrifying depending on how you look at, look at it. They say 30 is a new 20 and um, before I didn't really understand that. But now I feel like I do. Like when you're in your 20s, whether it's your early 20s or your late 20s, you just really, you really badly want to have it. You so badly want to have it all together. You want to have your life figured out and know where you're going. And it doesn't always happen that way. So, I mean... I'm going to take you guys through where I've been the last year before turning 30 and where I am now that I am 30 and just some of the growing pains that I went through. Um, I really badly wanted to wait until I had made it over the hill of last year. Um, And I just don't think there's ever a proper time to talk about healing or growing pains. You kind of just have to do it when it feels right. So, that's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, almost a year today, year ago today, like a full calendar year ago, I basically went through a bit really bad experience. Um, something that has to happen at some point, whether you're 16, 21, or 30, I had my heart broken, like in a million pieces. Um... It was probably one of the worst things. I mean, I've had bad things happen to me. If you guys have heard our story or if you tuned in to season one, you see, you saw that growing up with us wasn't really easy and there have been a lot of traumatic things that have happened to me in my life. But I mean, on a personal level, um, maybe because so many bad things have happened to me, it's always been really hard to hurt my feelings. But like a year ago today, my feelings were shattered. I just didn't even, you know, know how I was going to come up for air again. And I guess now that I'm on the other side of it, I feel okay to talk about it. Um, so let's backtrack. When you're in your late 20s or you're coming to an age where you feel like you should have it all together, everything everyone else does seems like they're ahead of the curve. And um, it's a natural feeling. We tell ourselves that it's not, but it actually is. Um, I constantly have this debate with my mom where I tell her that comparison is the thief of all joy because I truly believe that when you compare your life to others, you're always going to not feel as happy or completed as you can because you're constantly marking your progress against other people. You're measuring your se- success against other people when success could look different to everyone. So... Um, Around this time last year, maybe a little before it, I would say a couple months before this time last year, I just kind of had a snapshot in my head of what I thought the next five years would look like. Um, I was in a relationship with a guy and he had kids, and I had moved out of my apartment and I moved into his, and I kind of, we just kind of combined our lives. And for me, that was it. I just didn't see anyone or anyone else in my life past that point. I, it was just all about us and this little family we had together. And I just wanted to build upon that and do things for us that would, you know, fuel our relationship going forward. I mean, um, we combined our lives. We moved in together. I changed my job just because I felt like I wanted to do I wanted us both to do things that would be conducive for our relationship. And I don't know. Um, not that I regret any of that, but I do feel like even if he didn't break my heart, there were some things in the relationship that just didn't. I was the one making all the sacrifices. And. Um, I think that's a very dangerous game when you're falling in love. You can sometimes be so wrapped up in the feeling that you do things you wouldn't normally do. And not all the time it's bad. Sometimes it's growth and that's just what happens. But um, in this situation, I would say that it taught me a life lesson. Um, there are certain things that I probably won't do again. Like I think um, just because the the heartbreak was so bad, not just personally what he did to me, but also the detachment from his children was hard for me. It out like we we broke up maybe in what's maybe in April we kind of broke up and then, um, and I, I can't speak for him, but to seal the deal, he really did something to hurt me really bad in May on mother's day. And then, We still took us like another three to four months not to talk because we had to find a way for me to kind of fall out of his kid's lives, And that was kind of hard. Um, But in doing that, it also made me realize moving forward the kind of relationships that I'm willing to have, and the boundaries I'm willing to set from day one. And I hope no one judges me on this, but I think it would be really hard for me in the future to ever date someone with kids. Um, I don't think that that's something I'll ever be doing again. And then um, also, I've kind of set boundaries for myself as far as whether I would ever live with someone again unless we were like fully committed life partners or we were married. I just don't think that that's something I would want to do again and just kind of take stock from the beginning of what this person is requiring from me in order to be in a relationship with them. Because I think sometimes us as women, we just want that unity. And so we give up things that we don't even realize we're giving up. But um, a year later, I feel like I'm in a better place. Um, I don't know if I fully want to get into details but I will say that um, after we had broke up in April we were still I was still living in his apartment because again I gave up my apartment I moved in with him so it was a little harder for us to kind of separate and on Mother's Day um, in May he basically um, we basically were... Had a good morning. He made me breakfast. We had a good talk, and I kind of felt like from that talk that there was a possibility of us moving forward. That's the impression he gave me. Um, And, you know, we were on a good page. And basically, um, eight hours later, he slept with someone else in the bed we were still sleeping in together in the house on Mother's Day while I was still living there. I mean I lost my mind I just I just lost my mind it was horrible it was the worst thing I ever I ha- someone's ever done to me as far as disrespect goes and I was crying and I wasn't myself and my mom dropped everything because she's my writer that I love her and she just came and she was there for me and she like let me stay in her guest room until I figured it out and I mean of course that was the final straw so that happened on Sunday I think I had my own apartment that Saturday I was just out but it wasn't easy I mean the day after I cried for like three days like three whole days cried tears and i like my brother-in-law would like knock on the door to try to see if I was okay and like want me to eat or whatever and I couldn't move because I couldn't fathom how someone could disrespect me in that way like okay we're not together or we are together or it's complicated right now but you hate me that much you would want me to have that image of you that much like you just disrespect me have no regard for my feelings that much like I hurt you by not you know Communicating or whatever the case may be that much that you think I needed that kind of disrespect. Like, it's one thing to, like, be with someone outside the house, but you wanted to do it in the bed that we were still sleeping in together, we were still sharing together. It was kind of, you know, a fucked up thing, and it took me months to get over it. And now that I'm on the other side and I kind of feel like I'm healing and moving past this, Um, Like I'm about to try to move into a new apartment this month because the apartment that I moved in after we, after that incident happened, it was just kind of a transition apartment. I just found a cheap apartment moved in, but I feel like I'm finally like getting back on track. Um, And I feel safe to talk about it because, and that's another thing. I always wonder why when at the end of a relationship, when bad things happen to women, we're ashamed to talk about things like we did something wrong like for the longest time I was so embarrassed to say he he disrespected me in that way as if it was a reflection on me when in all actuality it's a reflection on that person and um And I think part of it is because you just don't go to that extreme. He didn't get there alone. It's not like he wasn't doing small, disrespectful things throughout the relationship. He totally was. And I just kept forgiving him and he kept forgiving me. Um, Not that I never did anything extreme like that. Like He cheated on me. I never cheated on him. Um, he disrespected me by having a female in front of me. I never did any of that to him. He was texting other women and all that other stuff. I never did anything like that to him, but I was doing other things. Like, um, there were things in the relationship that I did. I wasn't innocent. I did say I forgave him when I didn't and I would punish him and not like be around him or not be myself or And this isn't me making an excuse for his behavior. It's just me acknowledging that I participated and I accepted his bad behavior. And we as women, I think sometimes we do that because, you know, we love the person so much and we're just hoping, every woman's hoping that they're the woman who's going to change someone and you're not. And it's just something you have to accept. And it's not always easy to accept and it sometimes make you makes you feel like a failure, but it's the truth. And what made it even harder, harder which is why I now have the rule, I don't think I want to date anyone with kids is, you know, we combined it, our families, I loved his children and I just wanted to find ways to save the relationship so that you know, those relationships could thrive. And I loved his family. I'm obsessed with them. They were good people. They were good to me. Loved his mom. We talked often. Um, I think we still would talk if I seen her. Um, but I changed my number. So of course can't talk now, but I still talk to his sisters. They're, they're great people. And I just, and you know, my family loved him. So, um, it was kind of hard to like, Get over that. And so now, and it's kind of strange too. And another reason that it was probably hard for me to really talk about because people say to me a lot, and I get this a lot, and I never will understand why, but you know, I can't see myself from the outside. So it's they're probably responding to things I don't notice. But I get a lot of women who tell me, Sonny, you're so confident. You're so, like, they, so maybe part of me was scared to be vulnerable and plus I'm just not the kind of person that's going to get online and just trash somebody just because they hurt me and people to this day my cousin she gets infuriated when I say he's a good person he just wasn't good to me and she always tells me the simple fact that he was bad to you and you are such a good person tells me he's not a good person and I just don't agree with that so it would, I'm not going to get online and just tell everybody what he did to me it's just not to me it's tacky but I feel like you guys, my list our listeners are just this is just a safe place for me to express myself. And I may never get the closure I need from him. I don't even think I need it for him. But to me, this feels like a full circle of closure. And um So I was gonna call this podcast Thirty Ways to Heal or Thirty Ways of Healing. But um It wouldn't be accurate because I think I've tried I tried a hundred things to just move forward and none of it worked. I liked, you know, like, Solange's song cranes in the sky. Like, I slept it away. I drank it. I tried to drink it away. I tried to sex it away. I tried to change it with my hair. I tried to, like, all kinds of things. And nothing worked until I just sat in it. I just sat in the pain, accepted it. This happened to me. There's nothing I can do about it. And I just need to move forward. And um, there's no way to mask <clears throat> what somebody does to you, you kind of just have to, you can't just get over it or get under it. You have to go through it. And, um, last year was just like a lot of growing pains and, you know, I did date a little towards the end and i met a really got nice guy. And, um, but I just don't think, um, I just don't think, it was the right time for me to do anything except for heal. So, you know, not a lot happened from that. Um, but, and it's shocking to other people too, because if you knew how I was in my early twenties, like I really could care less about guys. <laughs> I was more concerned of how I was going to see the world. So I figured out a way to do it. And, um, I just knew I had something to say. I'm an expressive person. I write poetry and it's how I express myself. And I knew I wanted to see the world. So I figured out a way to do it. And after that, I got back and I just kind of lived my life according to loving myself. So when I'm decided to get in this full blown, you know, relationship. I just it was truly and honestly because I felt safe and no one had ever made me feel that safe. So I think part of the heartbreak was too that not only did he disrespect our bond and our relationship, but he disrespected me as a friend, you know, someone I thought I could trust. And, you know, it was just an evil thing to do. And narcissistic. And just, it's just wrong. There's no big word or anything else I can do to describe, you know, how low that made me feel and how strong I had to be in order to pull myself up from that. So, I can't give you 30 ways or 100 ways of healing. I can only give you one. You recognize it that you're in pain and you find a way to push through. And it's not going to be the same for everyone. So, um, last year, as you guys know from our podcast, we lost our biological father and a month, a month before that, we lost our auntie who helped our mom raise us. And that pain was, it was excruciating. It was unbearable. More my auntie than my dad, because I had accepted losing him a long time ago. But my auntie was just, it was like earth shattering. So here I am going through this, and then I'm going through that as well. And it was enough (laughs) to send me into like the worst depression I've ever been in. I literally sat in my apartment for months Just trying to figure out how to rebound from that, Um, from all the things, but um, mostly from losing my aunt, because I know that I could have sat in her living room and cried, and she would have gave me a hundred reasons why he's not shit, (laughs) and those would have been her words, not mine, and um, it would have made me feel better, you know? And she would have made me fry green tomatoes and we would have laughed about it and laughed at him. And, you know, not having that resource did really affect me in a deep way. So I do miss her. And um, that made grieving my relationship even harder because I was grieving the loss of her as well. So... Fast forward. So I'm depressed and I'm healing. And then my sister tells me, she's like, Sonnet, you love making charcuterie boards and you love doing all this stuff, you know, as far as apps and small apps and for all these parties and she was like why don't you just make that a real thing within like 24 48 hours boards and brie was born and that's my baby and i love it and um i actually haven't been taking orders for like two months only because um i had my birthday and i had a bunch of big events going on on weekends and that's usually when i do my most orders because i still do have a nine to five job temporarily um until i quit that and i've been working on my manuscript for my book and I just threw myself into that stuff and it helped. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It's not like I still didn't, um, have pain. Of course, if I thought about mother's day last year, 2020, I could still cry like just on cue, just the pain I felt. I can feel it. If I think about it, I can just refill it over again. Um, So that didn't go away instantly, but that did help. And um, so I think it's important to stay busy, Um, even if it's idle things. um, I usually, like back in the day, day when I would have my feelings hurt, you know, just work out or something, but that wasn't cutting it. So falling in love with myself and the things I'm passionate about was also a way that I healed. So for anyone listening, I hope basically what you take from this story I'm sharing with you is that pain is personal and we all don't heal the same. And some of the things I mentioned might work for you and some of them might not, but something will it's never as bad as it seems. Because if you would have told me last year, three days after Mother's Day, when I was crying every day, that I would get through it, I wouldn't have believed you. But you will. Um, okay, so another thing that got me through it was friends and my sisters and my mama and the biggest bottle of wine. (laughs) And of course that's a joke, but it's not really a joke. Um, So all of those things were also just having friends who wanted to, I got a new friend. Um, I met a new friend last year and she just kept taking me out. We just kept going out. And not that my other friends wanted to did it, but one lives in the OC. And then, you know, two of them, the other two that live here in San Diego, they they have kids. and um, And then I had another friend who would have done the same thing, whom I love to death, but I think I didn't really tell her because I knew she would tell me the truth and I wasn't ready to hear it. So... I made a random friend, and we just went out, and that helped too. She just, even if we just sat in the house and talked, like, that helped. So people you love can also help you heal. Um, It's important to remember those things. So, yeah. And then... um, I made another friend, and he doesn't live anywhere near here, but we talk, and he listens. And those are important relationships too—people who just listen to you, because you're gonna drive everyone crazy talking about the same thing for months. But sometimes it's just there's things you gotta say that over and over again, and you, you by the time you've said it a hundred times, you realize you weren't saying it for them to listen; you were saying it so you could listen. So, a good sounding board helps as well. So, let's talk about where I'm at now. Um, I feel good. Um, And, you know, it's not what you think. Like, people think because guys move on faster, they care less. And I don't know if that's true or not true. But what I do know is you have to move on at your pace. I'm not gonna get in a relationship just to prove I can get in one, but I am going to move forward and maybe at the end of the summer, because I'm having a hot girl summer for real, um, (laughs) maybe start dating, Um, but I'm gonna go at my pace and I'm not gonna feel pressured to do it just so I can prove I'm over someone because even though I'm over them, I'm not over the situation. And I'm not ready to be vulnerable, and that's okay. You know, this is enough vulnerability. This is enough, you know, that I'm... This is enough right now, me just telling you guys all what I went through last year. Um, Heartbreaks are like grieving, and it's a process. You just have to take it one day at a time. I just have to smile one day at a time. You just have to smile one day at a time. And eventually, you'll just make it through. And um, I often contemplate, like, what I should do next, you know, as far as um, personal growth and self-love. And all I can do is... Um, the best way i explain it is all i can do is take on one issue at a time and love myself and forgive myself because when this first happened people kept asking me stuff like well you know like screw him i know you're so mad at him and and really you know how after people get out of relationships they're distrustful of the opposite sex and for me it was i had nothing against men i actually even started dating at the end of 2020 I was more distrustful with myself because I started to not trust my own judgment. And um, so part of my healing process had nothing to do with him. and had to be do with me forgiving myself and me starting to trust my instincts again. Because he would do things to make me feel like I was crazy. Like I would tell him I found something and then... I would send it to myself so I could show him and he would delete it out of my phone and act like it never existed. He never did that. And um, I don't know. All I can say is, so forgiving myself and trusting my judgment was also something I had to start doing again. And a lot of people would ask me or when I would talk to friends, um, they would be like, Um I had a specific friend ask me like what's so hard about like how why is it been so hard to like move forward? And I couldn't for the life of me figure out what exactly it was. But then I was watching this show and I don't remember the name of the show. Trust me, I'm not keeping it from you. But I wrote the quote down as soon as I heard it because this girl on the show where this movie was going through the similar thing, and she said, and she was trying to describe it to her friend and she said, "Have you ever been knocked over by a wave and you're trying to get up, but you don't know which way to swim?" That's exactly how I felt. Like it encompassed everything I had felt. It was like when Mother's Day 2020, he disrespected me in that way. And you know, after the initial shock then me going crazy, I just didn't know how to rebound. I didn't know how to get back up. I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know, you know, because I couldn't trust my own instincts. And, you know, this one person who I did trust just shattered all that. And I just didn't know which way to swim. And um, what I realized is you have to take the first thing I had to do was breathe. So I did that and I reset and next thing i know i started swimming towards myself all i did was do things that made me feel better i started taking dance classes which made me feel great um i started working out with a trainer that helped um i started reading again that helped i started writing um Music, poetry, I just started doing things that just made me feel good. And even things that didn't cost anything. I just started meditating and doing things that made me feel good. And little pieces of myself came back. So that's important to notate. But anyways, we've talked about healing. Now let's talk about thriving. Um so after I did all that healing I just started thriving I started doing things I started recognizing myself I started you know making progress in my business and friendships again and um I started knowing what I wanted moving forward. I used to not date a lot because even before him, I used to not date a lot because I really just didn't know what I wanted. I was just so consumed with traveling and loving myself and which are all good things, but I just didn't see how a person fit into all of that. And so um, when I say thriving, I start like now I know what I like. I know the kind of man that I want to spend my time with or be with. And that's good because I didn't have that much clarity in that area before. Um, you know, um, I know I don't really see my relation, myself in a relationship with a man who already has kids. I also know now I like a man who's ambitious, um, you know, who does think about, you know, who is financially motivated and stable and money motivated and back in the day I wasn't really because I'm one of those people like I just do things that feel good but something I did learn from that relationship is you sometimes have to do things with intention like I would do poetry for people sometimes wouldn't even charge them but now I know my value in that area and um I did develop some of that stuff from my old relationship so that's something I'm taking with me thanks keeping that um I know that I don't, I want somebody who's not selfish and, you know, all the things most women want, trustworthy. Um, I want to feel safe mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, And that's so important because when you date knowing what you want, you're dating with intention. So, moving forward, when I do decide to start dating again, um, I'll have that. So, yeah, just thriving, y'all. Out here thriving. Um, hopefully when I get in my new place, I'll have a heart housewarming. And some of you guys who are my friends who listen to this, y'all will be there. And, um... I'm traveling uh, again, booked a trip for me and one of my friends to Spain, booked another going to New York later this month with one of my other friends, and I'm trying to get a summer trip on the books, and then maybe the UK in fall. Um, So yeah, just doing everything, almost done with my manuscript, rewrote it and deconstructed it and broke it down like five times, so that is coming. I always have to push the date back because... I just keep changing it and I just wanted to feel good and feel like it came from this version of me. And, um, and if you see things about my story or my ex in the book, oh, well, because you know what they say, don't date a writer. You'll always end up as material. That's true. So watch out. And, um, I'm just being myself. And learning what that looks like again. And um, I thought when I did this podcast, I know I'm healing because I thought when I did this podcast, I'd be in tears. Because sometimes when I think about what happened last year, I just burst out in tears. I don't know why. But um no, I'm moving forward. Um, so, yeah. And... What's next for me is just being okay with where I am in life and in the moment, and not worrying about what that looks like to other people. Um, because there's always something that someone thinks you should have, um, like. And I think with me and all my sisters, we kind of feel that way, and that's why we are so confident because we just love ourselves, you know, and last year, of course, I didn't feel this way, but we just love ourselves for where we're at, like, My sister Dorothy is just so amazing and so strong to me and she has a beautiful marriage and she's just engulfed in that and it's just a beautiful thing to see love up close like that and you know he respects her, he protects her and it's just a pretty you know beautiful thing but that's not just because that's what she has doesn't mean that's something that Um, I aspire to have or will have and I'm okay with that and my other sister Stephanie she's pregnant and happy and glowing and she's one of those people who's always wanted to be a mother like I mean since we were kids she knew she wanted to be a mother and she's so optimistic and um beautiful and um you know she's Very sure of herself, and I know that'll make her an amazing mother. But just because she's a mother doesn't mean I need to be. I don't even know. After my relationship, I don't really even know if I want kids, so I don't know if that's something that I want. So, um, and that's okay, you know, that's okay. That's there's nothing wrong with that. There'll be people in life that'll try to make you feel like there's something wrong with that, but. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's life looks different. And I only use them as an example because this is a Power of Three podcast. But that jumps back to what I was saying in the beginning. That comparison is the thief of all joy. Because I'm turning 30 and, well, I'm 30 now. This is my 30th year of life. And if I compared my life to either one of them, I would feel like I've fallen short. But I haven't. I'm just scratching the surface. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. And that's not to say that because I went from what I had last year to what I have now. I don't feel lonely sometimes. I do. I'm human. But at the same time, you have to be okay with being alone. You have to find happiness from yourself. That's why when something does happen, if I do have a shift, if there is somebody I decide to be with, they're an addition to my happiness. They're not fueling it. And that's important to have and to focus on. Um, so I'm just having fun. And I just... I'm just so proud of myself and so proud of the growth. And so I went from healing to thriving. Well, no, I'm sorry. I went from healing to surviving to thriving. And I couldn't be more proud of myself. I really couldn't. So, um as i sit here burning milk and lilies like cafe dot candle and i tell you guys about the ups and downs that last year caused me i can't help to be grateful for not only everything i do have but for you guys our listeners who pop in and check in on our lives every once in a while and um I just want to catch you guys up. So I think the last time we talked, we were actively looking for our birth mom, which we still are. And um, we've just kind of took a pause because, you know, Stephanie's pregnant and we've had a lot going on. And we just got back from my 30th B-Day in Malibu. And um, but she is still in San Diego. So that's good news. And part of us, we did find out that she's remarried. And part of us are a little scared to go forward because we just don't want to blow up her life. We don't know what her life looks like. She could have had another kid after us. Her husband probably could not even know we exist. And we're trying to find the most appropriate way to let her know that the door's open if she does want a relationship and that we're not upset with her. And we understand some of the things she was up against. And um, so if you guys do have ideas or ways we can approach her you know what to do comment write us on instagram power three and just leave us your ideas because um after dorothy does her solo power hour our next power three episode will be about our mom and if you guys have good ideas we will use them um but that so yeah for my 30th b-day i just didn't want to be alone and We thought the best thing we did. So we rented out a a four bedroom house with a casita in Beverly Hills. Um, And we just had fun. I got so wasted. I haven't been wasted like that in a while. And my homegirl, my homegirl Lexa, she just kept passing me shots. And all of my friends were there from different parts of my life. And I just had so fun, just being so much fun, just being around their energy and my sisters. And I got to rub Stephanie's belly because you know Stephanie lives in Florida, so we've been going through this pregnancy in a weird way. We kind of all felt that by the time we all had kids, we would be in the same city, and so I've been having to be a fine ass aunt from a distance. And um, so I got to see her, and we just had fun, you know, and. I needed that reset, that refresh, and um, wish all of you guys were there. Really, would have had a party, but it was it was fun. I just it was fun. It was low key. We went to dinner, and we catered, and we had alcohol, and I got all these great gifts, and I appreciate every single one of them. And it was just a weekend of turnt, being turned, but I like just being around love. Because that's something you need to do after you go through something really heartbreaking. You just need to be around love. And um, I got that. So, currently, your girl is good. And your girl is thriving. And if this helped anyone in any way, then I'm happy. Um, if not, then thanks for listening, but no, for real, just know that if you're ever going through a rough time or you ever feel broken and it feels like you're not going to get up, like you won't make it through whatever you're going through, that pain's not real. It's real in the sense that you feel it. But I mean, it's not everlasting. It does not last forever. There is love after heartbreak, even if that love comes from yourself. And, yeah. So this is for every girl who's loved and lost, who's had her feelings hurt, her heart broken. Dear you. You will survive. Bye, guys.